Hello and welcome to Thank You, Brittany, a pop culture podcast pertaining to the performances, personal life, and passions pertinent to one Miss Brittany Jean Spears. I'm your co-host, Terry Blass. And I'm your co-host, Michael Koopman. And this is Thank You, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Welcome to our first show. Yay! <laughs> so this has been like a long time coming. We've been yeah. talking about it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess for people who are listening, um, a bit about us, I think, to start would be good. Like you and I are both pop culture fanatics, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. We are both comic book nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think before the pandemic, we'd we'd like do conventions together. We even worked together at your school. Like we, so we kind of like worked together with each other and yeah. kind of like cool. But since the pandemic, it's like, I feel like things have ch- obviously they've changed a little bit. And like, I've been in a way, I feel like we've become closer because at, when it, all this started, we were sort of part of each other's quarantine bubbles. Totally. And like early on, I don't know if you remember, I think the first time that we were like, okay, we're going to like try to, be part of like each other's quarantine bubble we talked about doing a podcast yeah that very first time yeah we did um we were kind of like trying to like think of things to talk about too and you had some ideas of stuff that I think you should still do yeah but (laughs) we landed on Britney Spears Britney Spears (laughs) as part of yeah sorry I think she's just the most fascinating thing to talk about well Um, I think what people are gonna (laughs) people who are gonna come to this podcast listen for Britney are probably going to not be fans of mine because <laughs> you have been a longtime fan of Britney. Yeah. And you've always loved her. Yeah. And that has not been the case with me. <laughs> but, but recently I feel like I'm sort of fascinated by her and by some of like the recent developments in her life. And I've come around to sort of her music. I, I can't tell you how many times like I've said, oh, well, I'll watch that movie just for like the costumes or just for that one actor that's in it. But like, I've never like gave that allowance to like music. Yeah. You know, like music can just be fun and make me happy or serve a specific purpose. Yeah. I think what's amazing about her is that even if she's not coming out with music or coming out with uh, a new perfume line or any time in her career, people are always talking about her. It doesn't matter where she is in her career, in her life. She's always a topic. Um, and I think that's part of why she's so fascinating because there's not really many pop stars that have that, where if they're not pitting putting themselves- out. Yeah, or putting them in front of your face, then you kind of stop talking about them. You don't really think about them. Um, but that never is the case with her. And yeah, like people still talk about- Yeah, and times where she's tried to run away or tried to be you know, more low-key, it almost makes us more obsessed with her. So I think there's something very specifically different about her that uh, brings that kind of attention. And she's always uh, struck a nerve in people and been fascinating in her own way. And there's reasons for that. Yeah, Uh, I think there's like something to be said for like, she's still, she's still around. She's, she's still, still around. Still talk about her. She's still around. Like, and, yeah. She hasn't come out with an album since 2016 and it's 2020. Right. And we're still, she's like on all the news outlets. Still. Totally. And what I, so what I think is kind of interesting is that like, I, like I said, I virtually know nothing about her. I could name some of her songs and you know, whatnot. But I think the purpose of this podcast is basically to like, what we're going to do is sort of go through these different like eras of her life and you're going to sort of serve as this like, I guess like ambassador, like this Britney ambassador and sort of teach me as we go through these like sections or these eras, like things that I either want to know or I think would be fun to also kind of like go through things that I recall about these eras because it's not much. Yeah, when you brought up this idea to me, um, you said because we were in some sort of conversation about Britney and someone asked some really arbitrary question about her and I had the answer right away. Yeah. Um, and you were like, you, I've never known anyone who knows so much about a pop star or about Britney. And you're like, we would, we should do a podcast. And I was like, you don't understand. Like I literally live my life <laughs> waiting for someone to ask me about Britney Spears because it's the one thing I know the most about yeah. um, her timeline, her life. Uh, everything that makes her her, I, I'm obsessed about it. Well, I also think that the, that you and I were sort of 
at the right age yeah. when like she debuted. Yeah. So getting into that, I think like it, since this is our first episode and we're going to be talking about like her first sort of era, I think that maybe that's like a good segue into talking about yeah. like what that era was and what it spanned. I'm assuming we're not talking about the Disney, no. like Mickey Mouse Club era. I mean, I think that era, I think like her background before, because I'm, 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 con- I'm considering the first era to be 1998 to 1999. And I think like every era we're going to do her, like a yeah. couple of, a couple of years. Okay. Um, so, and be- before we do that 98, I do feel like there's like a couple things that are really interesting to consider about okay. her life before 1998. And the, like just a couple minutes for that, because yeah, it's fascinating. She's not uh, brought up to be, like she was in a tiny town in Louisiana, like middle of nowhere. It's called Kentwood. Mm. Um, my partner, Michael, he is from also Louisiana. And I've driven not through Kentwood, but I've seen the area, which I was obsessed with. Like that is Kentwood. That's crazy. Immediately my- I have questions. Were you, yeah. when you found out Michael was from Louisiana, were you oh like, my God. wait, what really? Which part? First thought, like... <laughs> This is strange. You're right. Yeah, like, do and did you it know come Kent into your would? mind? Did it come into your mind that you're like, ooh, when we go visit his family, are we going to yeah. be able to drive? One hundred percent. I was like, how close does your family live to Kentwood? Which it's not super close. They're like an hour and a half away, but uh, they're in Homa. Uh, but they're like close enough so to what? where. Close enough. Yeah, you're like on a freeway, and you can see the exit to Kentwood. Wow, so like, awesome. I freaked out. And Michael explained Kentwood as. This is a town where if you blink, you miss it. You know, it's just yeah. kind of one strip. There's <clears throat> nothing notable. Uh, so br- that's where Brittany was born. And she, you know, Louisiana is, it's super Southern. She grew up eating eating uh, like crawdads and catfish. And her, her family is super Louisiana still. Um, but she was a kid who was like obsessed with singing and dancing. Uh, I, you would think looking at her family that, like her mom put her in, into these competitions, almost like a pageant family. Yeah. But like Brittany was the person who was like, I'm a singer, I'm a dancer. And I just think like her name, like this is her actual name. This wasn't like a name that some record producer created. Like the name like Britney Spears, star, yeah. like it sounds like it's written in glitter. Like yeah. I feel like it was destined to be a pop star's name. So- Well, I remember she- the first time I heard about her, I was like, wait, Britney, like the chipette? Like, yeah. the, you know, like the pop star Chipette from the totally. Yeah. 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 Mm. Say, like, and, and like cut to like when she came out, um, all the pop stars had names like that. They're like the girliest names, like Britney, Christina, Kelly, Jessica, yeah. Mandy. Like it was, that was like the late nineties thing. And she, I think kind of created that. So as a kid, you know, she's a big time singer. Her mom is putting her in all these competitions. When she was seven years old, she won a competition in singing and she won $50,000. Oh my God. As a seven-year-old, which is insane. So that will come into play later where I will justify that she is actually a good singer, which <laughs> most people don't think. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is that I think a lot of the time she's not viewed that way as- She's not at all. But like the fact that that's what, start, like how it kind yeah. of started is and interesting. Then, yeah, so she, she was like proving herself at a super young age, she auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club. She didn't get in. Um, she went back and auditioned again when she was 11. Uh, she got in because I think she, they said she was too young uh, at first. But then in 1993, she got cast in the Mickey Mouse Club and her mom and her moved away to go be, to like do the Mickey Mouse Club with her. And this wow. is when she's in the Mickey Mouse Club with, you know, Justin Timberlake and Carrie Russell and Christine Ryan, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. And they're yeah. all children. Um, and so they, they, they started early and she's known Justin since they were children, which like that, I think is something that like, did you know that, that they were like childhood friends? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Like, and then she, like that Mickey Mouse club era got canceled after being open for being on for three years. So I think what's cool is like, she had that, she was on star search. She like won the first episode she was on, which was like old school American idol. So for um, those of you who are wondering what Star Search is, <laughs> because you're, because you're so much younger than us. It was, first like, of all, the weirdest show. Google it because you have the whole internet at your disposal. But it was yeah. a talent competition. It was like a, it was like sort of like the America's Got Talent kind of, kind of. They would Not like, really, but. They'd pit against like someone like Britney Spears, who was like a child 
to like a rock and roll band and yes. be like, which is better? And it made no sense. It was super bizarre. Mm-hmm. And they were given stars to move on. And uh, I don't know. I loved yeah. it. But I did too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So she gets, she did Star Search. When Mickey Mouse Club canceled, she actually moved back to Louisiana and like actually had an era of like kind of a normal childhood. She like was a waitress at her grandma's like crawfish restaurant. So like she went back to being a normal kid. She went back to high school. She was on the basketball team. She was like going to prom. Uh, She actually had a pretty normal life, which I think is also notable because I think when you're, when you see someone who started famous at a young age, you think they just kind of did that forever. But she had like a pretty normal childhood and she went through high school. And then when she was 15, uh, she got signed with Jive Records. And I think they wanted her to be in a girl band, but they told her, but like, she was like, I'm not doing that. Like, really? She yeah. was like, no. She said, no, she didn't want to be. She was like, I, I'm in my own thing. I, I don't want to be with other people. I mean, I wonder how much of that at 15 is like, she knew like that that's just not, you know, like, no, I'm a solo artist or like, I, I doubt it was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Sure. Girl. I know. I'm sure it was more like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I just, that that's not, that's not for me. I don't blame her. I wouldn't want to be in a girl band or boy band either. Yeah. Um, So, and you know, that was the time where they were really coming out with a lot of girl bands and boy bands too. So I think she wanted to stand out. I think she knew she was meant to be on her own. So that brings us to the first era, which is 1998 to 1999. Do you call this era something or do you just? I would call it the, like the baby Britney era. Yeah. Like baby Britney, because first of all, her first song is Baby One More Time. The first lyric is Oh Baby Baby. So it's and just like the d- It's just the time of, of baby. Yeah. And like, I've actually had someone ask me like, does Britney have a song where she doesn't say the word baby? And I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Like, I'm sure she does. I'm sure there's one somewhere, but. I'm sure she does too. But the fact that it like took me pause and I had to go through my like Rolodex yeah. of Britney songs and I couldn't find one right away. I think it's, it, there's just like a signature to her singing the word baby. So but that's that started her whole time. And I think that was also reflective of like her image too. She was kind of innocent. Yeah. I, here's, here's what I think is kind of, <laughs> funny this is what i remember about this era it's very few things it's the the baby video the hit me baby one more time yeah i remember seeing that video on mtv mm-hmm. I, I can picture that video explicitly i remember the cover of her cd like isn't she on her knees she's on her knees it's like yeah. it's pink in the background yeah she's right. like okay. looking up and then if, if this isn't part of this era if this is the next one just tell me now sure it, but is crazy part of this era era uh yeah it is okay yeah. and because yeah. i also remember the melissa joan hart video that she, the music yeah. video that she yeah um but that's pretty much it i think that's all that kind of comes to my mind yeah from this era <clears throat> so the melissa joan hart thing is really funny and so because like she is becoming a big deal. Britney came out with Baby One More Time and it just blew up, I think way beyond their expectation. They didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. That video, um, her love interest in it is her cousin. Like they cast her <laughs> actual cousin is no. like the hot guy in the gym. That's from her family because they just had to like pull somebody in. And he was just there. He was just there. (laughs) The clothes they're wearing are literally from like Kmart. Like they had to scrap that video together. It was barely anything. Like her first thing. So they didn't have like this huge budget. She wasn't like a no, like a well-known pop star yet. I mean, it was a big deal that she had a record with Jive and that she had already recorded that album. But like beyond that, they couldn't put a lot into her yet. So she had to really prove herself. Um, and that song, Baby One More Time, was actually originally uh, written for TLC. It wasn't even what? supposed to go to Britney. Yeah, no which way. I think it actually would have been an amazing TLC song. Um, especially well, with course, like, but... Lisa would like have a little rap in it. It'd be so good. That's um, insane. It, I like, never wasn't, knew this. It, yeah, it wasn't written for Britney. Uh, but she got it. And this is like so typical in this pop world is like, Songs yeah. are written for pop stars. They pass on them. They go to someone else. They get sure. passed around a bunch of different people and it lands on someone else who's like maybe a newcomer. Um, so that's what happened here. And it was actually recorded in Sweden because at this time, all the pop music was in Sweden. Like they had they had it down for how to write and record a pop song in Sweden. So like- what? Why is that? I don't know why. They just, uh, 
they had it down. So like Britney recorded her whole first album in Sweden. NSYNC had all their songs recorded in Sweden. This was when like Robin was coming out of Sweden and she was like their pop star. Like Sweden okay, was like is, it. Where is the movie about like I the 15 year old girl from like, or from right. Louisiana who has to go to Sweden. Dude, to like flying <laughs> to Sweden from Kentwood, Louisiana. That yeah. is so true. That would be crazy. And like mom going with her being like, we're going to Sweden because that's where Jive is sending us. Yeah. Uh, that's that's unfathomable. That's insane. Yeah. So all of that like super catchy bubblegum pop music from the late 90s, pretty much all of it is from Sweden. Huh. Um, yeah. So she does the video. It blows up, which I think what's really funny is like, when pop stars are in this transitional time where like they suddenly get famous, but they have all these uh, commitments still, they like still have to do the commitments. So Britney was on this mall tour while she suddenly got famous. And so (laughs) she had to still perform in malls. And a friend of mine saw her at the mall and she was like, oh, there's that Britney girl like singing sometimes in the middle of our mall. And so she did a mall tour. Yeah. Which is like the most late nineties thing you could do. Um, I wonder if any of that mall tour is on YouTube. If someone it like- 100% is. Um, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, Terry, when are you going to learn? I have the answer to every single one of your um, questions. Yes, it is. And it's amazing. And you can- Well, it, we should it, link to that somewhere. We, we should link to totally one totally post a link to that. <laughs> you, you watch the clip of her performing in a mall and you see this like 16 year old girl who has something to prove so hard. Like she is- dancing the hardest she can she is singing the hardest she can she is like connecting with the audience she is saying like i know how to do this and i know how to do this really well and it just didn't take long for that to catch on and for people to totally agree be like yep she's got it she's got that thing well and i think that what's what's interesting about her at this point too is that she's sort of debuting as like the idea of not just like a singer but like a performer right Yeah, yeah so the the first time I kind of remember seeing that, and I'm sure this isn't, you know, the first time ever, but like Paula Abdul was seen as somebody who like, kind, you know, she could dance, she could mm-hmm. perform, she could sing, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't really her best to call it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Same thing with kind of like, like someone like Jennifer Lopez, like totally it, they had this package of like, I'm going to sing, I'm going to dance, I'm going to do this whole thing mm-hmm. as opposed to like a park and bark, like, which is perfectly valid. Like someone yeah. just sings, but like the idea of, I think the nineties having this like, the late 90s like this is the new performer yeah for this era yeah yeah she she blew it up um her album so this the single comes out you know before an album comes out and so yeah. it was getting all this all this attention and when the album actually was released it debuted at number one on the billboards which she's still to this day is like i think the youngest like the youngest person to ever have a single album where you're the only performer like a solo performer to have a album debut at number one like she's broken a lot of records and like rolling stones just this year came out with their list of the like top 100 um like albums that debuted at number one Mm -hmm. and they put britney spears at number one on their top 100 they're like really they're like this was the most impactful album to just like 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 sit on your lap and blow shit up like yeah Everyone was just like, everyone was talking about her. I remember, because uh, like I'm actually the same age as Britney. So I'm in high school. I'm 16 also. Mm-hmm. And there's this like 16-year-old girl who, to me, just like totally embodies confidence. And like, I did not have that <laughs> confidence whatsoever. Sure. You know, I'm in small town, Eastern Oregon, <clears throat> covered in acne, like in marching band. And I see this girl and I'm just like, yes, like that. That's my jam. Like, I think there's also like something to be said for like, uh, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> we're both gay. And as like gay men, like we seem to gravitate towards and like find inspiration from like women, from like yeah. pop, pop women, divas, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that like seeing, seeing that confidence, I kind of liken that to like this, like the struggle of like ugh, society is treating me like shit because I'm a woman. Right we kind of, you know, relate to those things in in certain ways. And so like, I kind of feel like we relate to those struggles more, like, Mm -hmm. as opposed to this, like, I don't know, straight cis guy, pop star who kind of like showed up with his guitar and like, was like, cool, thanks for the record deal. Um, But yeah, like, I think that, that it's not out of the realm of, you know, believability that you would see her and be like, this is it. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and we also like we've also like you and I are you know obsessed with Drag Race, and that's what we would do like early on in our quarantine was like totally. watch a lot of Drag Race. And yeah. and RuPaul has said quite a bit like that the reason that like teenagers gravitate so much to different pop stars is because they lack the like intellectual, emotional, and vocal kind of ability to say who they are and what they're about because mm-hmm. they're figuring that out. Yeah. So it's easier to look at someone and go like, oh, like uh, Christina, like that one's me or Katy Perry, that's yeah. me. Or, oh God, Gaga, that's me, you know? It's my favorite question to ask another homo um, or anyone in the LGBTQ community yeah. is uh, like, who's, who's your diva? diva? Who's your yeah. diva? And there's no wrong answer. Like your diva could be someone who's not thought of as a diva at all, but still that person that just like, that you can look up to and be like, that's, that's what I well, want. And how interesting that like, there's so many parallels here because at the same time, my diva premiered her TV show, which was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just latched onto that. Like I took like that to like a duck to water. Like it was insane. Yeah. And that inspired me so much. And so I find it funny that like late nineties, you and I kind of, you know, we're both teenagers and we find these little blonde girls. Yeah, these little blonde girls that like are <laughs> that are like sort of exuding confidence in this way that like helps us sort of grow as people. And now yeah. you're teaching me about Britney. Yeah. <laughs> I taught you about Buffy. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's so true. Um yeah. So going back to what you were saying before, I, I was just thinking about this a lot about how like why Britney was such a big deal to me and and why women like her are such a big deal to gay people. And um it's not just that like we don't have confidence, but we're growing up in a world where we're told that femininity is a weakness and that as a man or born man, you're, you're not supposed to be feminine. And we yes. have these tendencies to want to be feminine. We know we're seen as more feminine and we are told from the beginning that this is a weakness and that this is, this could potentially bring harm to you. It could bring violence to you. People are scared for you about the big world of how you get treated. If you're a man who's more feminine and, and so you're taught to hide your femininity and to, you know, like not, not own that part of you at all for so long. Yeah. And so when you see Brittany and, you know, the straight cisgendered world, all they can talk about is, oh my God, she's so scandalous. She's too yeah. sexual. When for me, I'm thinking you have sexuality and you're confident and you're yeah. also incredibly kind and approachable, but you also, you're not afraid to be sexual. And, and to me, that was like, I didn't know we could do that. And, and there's that like owning your femininity that I saw in someone like Brittany and right, think, like finding strength in that femininity. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. the same, like you were saying, like drag queens, like, you know, the, the thing that we were taught to fear the most about ourselves is our feminine sides. And then to see a man get in full drag and be this like hyper, uh, feminine <clears throat> image and then to get on a stage with a spotlight it's just saying like F you to the world like I'm going to yeah. do it in your face now and that is so empowering to me and it's the same thing that people have with you know Beyonce and Christina Aguilera and Rihanna and yeah. uh, every generation has that you know in the past it was Cher and Madonna and um, even Barbara Streisand in her own right of like these powerful women who were just going to stop and say you know what you don't define me. And this right, is like, what I like, like to um, do. Like Dolly Parton, the epitome of that. Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, this is like nothing new. And right. I think when Brady came out, I don't think people really understood that she was one of those people. And I think people assumed that she was just in it to make money and to be this like fantasy for you. And I'm like, that's your definition of her. <laughs> like that's yeah. how you see her. That's in your world. In my world, she is not that. She is not a sexual fantasy. She's like a sexual being who's super confident. Yeah. And that's what like first drew me to her because she came out with the baby one more time. I loved it. I wasn't obsessed, but I loved it. There was something about her I liked. She came out with sometimes and I was like, oh, that's a cute song. That's a cute video. And then when crazy came out, I mean, that video that like sparked something in me that I was like, I don't know what these feelings are. I don't but... know what was wrong. I don't know why for the longest time I've, I've been like, eh, I don't like Britney. I mean, I, I have a few reasons, but like, I remember loving that song. Yeah. It's so but, good. And you can't get it out of your head. No. And the the dancing in it is phenomenal. The, the like, and it's also when MTV was doing making the video, like they were just starting oh, that show, I which was like wish the best. That like they need, they need, 
to bring that back. Like they need to I, like, or just show all the old episodes. Like, yeah, <clears throat> I find them on YouTube sometimes and watch them late at night. Okay. And they're the best. This is a tangent, but the best making the video is <laughs> Christina Aguilera and Ricky Martin's nobody wants to be oh lonely. Yeah, and the director right. looks at Ricky Martin and calls cut. And he's like, I need you to look at her. Like oh you God. want her. And the look that Christina gives the camera is like, girl. <laughs> and this was before Ricky came out. Oh my God. Like with that. Yeah. Anyway, so you were talking about making the video. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and then after that, it was like every video of Britney's had a making the video. Um, but that was like one of the first episodes. I think she did one for sometimes, but uh, I were remember. Those the main singles from that album was Hit Me Baby, Sometimes, and Crazy. And then she did, uh, she did. Now I don't let me be last know. She did it oh from the bottom of my broken heart, where she's wearing like a blossom uh, hat and like in a swing and she looks like a child because she's I don't remember this at all. I'm gonna have to it's look this up. It's good, it's okay. Um the album itself is not bad. Like it's a solid 90s album. What I love about Baby One More Time is that it actually it really reads as a 90s album like, like a it, time capsule of, it yeah. is it has like r&b tones and uh she does a duet with this dude who like sings soulfully and like her ballads they sound like 90 ballads like from the 90s yeah. um so is the it, song is the song email my to my heart or email um, my heart is that on that album yes it is oh my god because <laughs> email was kind of new then <laughs> sorry no, that's my favorite title probably of any Britney song is Email My Heart. That should um, be the that should be like the title of your autobiography one day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it's yeah. It, I don't mean to make fun. No, but I'm just like I, 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 I actually kind of think it's amazing and and referential to the idea of like a time capsule. You also like can't not make fun. Like, and that's also a part of being a Britney Spears fan, is that there's a level of ridiculousness with like sure. so much of what she does. Um, but do you, so, but do you think do you think that she's in on the joke? Um, I think originally, I think she I think she is. I think she's smarter than she comes across. I think especially when she was younger. Um, I think she she was very well spoken in interviews about it. Um, but she would always kind of skirt the subject like very slightly. Yeah. Like they would say, like, do you understand? like how sexual you're being in this video. Like, what do you think that says to little girls? And and she's like, I think that says that it's okay to be comfortable with your body. And yeah. I liked the outfit and I felt good in it. So I wore it. And like, I think those are true answers. And I think, yeah. um, I think any girl or gay guy or anybody who like, looked up to her she was living our fantasy like if i could i would <laughs> like yeah. i think a lot of my friends felt the same way i think a lot of girls felt the same way like you you were like getting confidence from her instead of feeling crappy about yourself because you don't look like her i think <clears throat> and, and i think i think that was what her main goal was one of the because so like i <laughs> i'm gonna age myself i graduated high school in 98 and i feel like when i was in high school if i think back to the way that young women dressed in school mm-hmm. and the way that young women in, in, in Boise, Idaho looked like it was basically Angela from my so-called life. Like they wore baggy yeah, clothes. Totally. They didn't wear anything tight. They, they weren't very, you know, like glamour, not like girls that go to school today, like where they like curl their hair and that, you mm-hmm. know, like it was baggy jeans. It was baggy sweaters. If it was a skirt, it was like one of those long hippie skirts that was totally. kind of flowy. And I feel like towards the end of the nineties, Brittany kind of like, she was almost like this, this like the antithesis of like, well, but I'm going to dress in tight clothes and something mm-hmm. feminine and I'm going to do pink and I'm going to whatever. Yeah. And it was almost like this, like switching it up. Yeah, kinda. absolutely. Um, yeah, because <clears throat> that era, like late 90s, it things were really changing in fashion and music. And she was such a huge part of that. And um, I think that's exactly right. I think she was like, you know what? I I, I don't want to look frumpy anymore. And I think she, like she did choose, I think that's another thing that people don't know is she's had so much to say about everything that she has produced and created. Um, The director of Baby One More Time, he had this whole other idea for the video where he wanted uh, Britney to be like standing on this record player, like a gigantic, and she's like dancing on it. I have heard this, yeah. Yeah, and she was like, that's stupid. 
like let's bring me the basketball i know she's (laughs) like i got it um but she like it was her idea she's like i think we should be in high school i want to be daydreaming in a classroom and like be in front of lockers and like why not just make it simple and the director but but that made it relatable to teens. oh my god and like how iconic did that become and it's Mm -hmm. like the most simple concept um but that was all her idea. Like she came up with that herself. I love the idea of like boss baby Brittany of like, no, you know what? Bring me my cousin, bring me the basketball, Dude, get some desks in here. Like For real, for <clears throat> real. There's also footage of her rehearsing in like a tiny dance studio for that video. And like, you just see it in her. She is like, I'm giving this 120% at all times. Like she was laser focused on what she wanted. And I think that came through on every level. That's something that sort of kind of was one of the things that turned me around to, to Brittany was, was like, my pop diva has always been Shakira just Mm -hmm. because of the Spanish albums. And because, you know, whatever that connection, I kind of felt there and I met her once and whatever, but she had this great interview where she talked about, like, it was like Katie Couric asking her about the same thing about like being sexy and like Mm -hmm. protecting this image of sexy. And she was like, well, she quoted spinal tap. Mm -hmm. She, she was like, what's, what's wrong with being sexy? Yeah. You know? Oh my God. but, But she said, it's also the la- it's also not the only ingredient on my plate. Mm-hmm. She's like the video and the sexiness in the video is literally the last thing that happens. The hair, the makeup, that's mm-hmm. the last thing that happens. First, you have to make the song, mm-hmm. you have to rehearse the song, record the song, produce it, et cetera. And like that sort of turned me around to a lot of the idea of like, I, of the idea that Britney wasn't somebody who just showed up and sang the song. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm sure was, there's I'm sure there's elements of that every once in a while, but like for sure. there's more to that. That there was more to it, like you're saying about uh, "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah, I I th- I love that uh, that answer to people saying you're being so sexual, and the response of so. Yeah, what, yeah, what's like, why? What, what's wrong with that? Yeah, um, which brings me to I think we were going to talk about like what the main. Um, scandal was of every yeah, era of her because every absolutely. era there was a scandal there was something that everyone was using against her and um i think that's always what was fascinating about her and what always kind of pissed me off is that people could never just like let her be and i will totally be the chris cocker leave britney alone person <laughs> I've obs- i can't like, wait to get to when that, that video first came out <laughs> yeah we can talk about it, but i was like <laughs> yep like i feel you like i don't see a crazy person in this video i see someone who feels how i feel like fucking leave her alone um so yeah at that time when she first came out people were obsessed with the question are you a virgin which is so inappropriate and she's like, like how old she's underage she was 17 she recorded the album at 16 by the time it was being promoted and she was she actually uh was on tour with Sync. that was kind of her first major gig and when she actually started like really becoming a big deal she was the opener for Sync. Um, I'm just gonna say this. I don't think that would fly today. Nobody would ask that in an interview can today. You imagine. I no. cannot like asking an underage person, "Are you a virgin?" And like not just like in one on one, like in, 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 in an interview about in, like, like press music. conferences and like yeah. major huge rooms. And she <clears> had to stand there and be like, first of all, like I don't know if she was a virgin or not. Nobody knows. Like you. It's not our it's also business. Nobody's business. It's not our business. And like, if you're 17 on a stage with like hundreds of grown ass adults asking you if you're a virgin, what are you going to say? Like, if yeah. you say, no, I'm not a virgin. Can you imagine what they would do? Yeah. you're. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's like, you're setting her up for failure, which I think is so much of what happens to her is people like get her in this corner where like, she's kind of screwed either way. And if she says, yes, I am a virgin, then everyone's like, oh my God, she's pure of heart. It's like, that's not also what she said. Like, can yeah. you just like, so that was such a big deal. Are you a virgin? That yeah, was like, very, um, what is that? Like Regina George, like, oh, so you think you're pretty. Exactly. <laughs> well, and like, that's such a thing in pop music too, that I see so much of like the Jonas Brothers, when they first came out, they had purity rings. Purity rings? Like, yeah, yeah that's like, uh, so whatever. But, it's, yeah, it's, she, I feel like that's de- that, like a lot of that's also done for like, didn't the Beatles, weren't the Beatles not allowed to say they had girlfriends or whatever, yeah. because people want to like, and like yeah. in, in Japan, a lot of the pop stars there, like their, their, their private life is not something that's like thought yeah. about or discussed yeah. because people want the illusion, yeah. like the fantasy of like, I could be with this person. Yeah. And I think like uh, a, a theme that I'll have pretty consistently through this podcast is like, there's, there's the Britney that 
that we that we see there's the Britney that like she is and that she brings to the table and there's the Britney that we create there's the idea that we've created and I think mm. like the virginity thing is so that we're like we've decided that that's a, a big deal when like I don't think that was a part of her plan or her record labels plan I there was literally I can remember the clip of her being asked are you a virgin and she said yes I'm a virgin and they freaked out and then it was like Britney's a virgin she stands for this and it's like you know, she, she didn't say she stood for that. For no, whatever. she never did. And it, like, you know? she didn't sing about it. It wasn't her message. It was like, stay a virgin until you're married. And and that just like stood up for failure. Because then it's like, so, okay, now you're being super sexual in your video, but you say you're a virgin. What is this? And it's like, well. Correct me if I'm wrong. And obviously this will probably be in like the next episode or two. But like, wasn't, wasn't there like a big to do about her and Justin? Like, have you guys slept together? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Because they were kind of deciding to be a couple, and it's like no, we just hold hands and hang out. Yeah, I'll, like I'll, what? Like, have you Come met on. attractive teenagers? Like, right. can you guess what they do? Like, give me a. Break. Do you remember the popular attractive people in high school? Like, yeah, they yeah. probably did. Hello. Um. So yeah, and then she, she uh did the cover of Rolling Stone, and that was like kind of a scandal too uh because oh. on, on the cover <laughs> it's kind of amazing yeah what did it she, look like she's in this like silky bed like she's laying in bed oh my these, god like, and she's in like a pose with like a phone right she has a phone she has a teletubby <laughs> <laughs> amazing she has i don't remember which teletubby i feel like it might have been the gay one but she's like tinky winky <laughs> yeah she's got her teletubby she's on the phone and it is like super sexual like she looks like she is like on a sexy phone call. Yeah. Um, so I think at that point, maybe they were kind of playing with the idea because it was being talked about. And so they're yeah. like, let's have a scandalous phone, uh, photo cover. Um, but like, that was a big deal. Like when that cover came out, like they probably never sold so many um, wow. issues of Rolling Stone. Like she did the cover of Rolling Stone so many times. Um, and every single one was incredible. I actually... I had every single cover and I would put them up on my walls. And I'd That's like, amazing. And it was like in college and like, I would like so carefully take them off the wall when I'd move and like put them up, up on the other wall. Do you have um, them still? No, they eventually like deteriorated. Oh, um, so you need to frame all those. I would love to frame all them. <clears throat> um, she has great Rolling Stones covers, but yeah, that was a big deal. And like her photo shoot in Rolling Stones inside was pretty, it wasn't that bad really. It was like, I think she's like, she's like on a bike, just tiny little shorts and on the butt, I think it says baby, like hmm. on the butt, but like, I don't know. I don't think it was it's that bad. interesting. It's not like, I don't know. And again, like, um, it's almost like when she said, no, she didn't want to be in a girl group. Like if you think about sort of like the Spice Girls around yeah. that time, yeah. there was sort of like a baby, you know, baby Spice. Totally. And, but I don't think anybody, I mean, obviously she was probably a bit older than Britney by mm-hmm. a few years, yeah. but like she probably, nobody I don't think asked her, like, are you a virgin? No, no. You know? And I think that like they, they could see that this is a concept of like, these right. are characters that were playing. Yeah. And like, it's interesting how they probably didn't give that same allowance to Britney. They were like, this is probably who you are. Yeah. Like you said, the idea of creating this image of her that that we create and not yeah. the one that she has of herself. Well, no one's asking Beyonce at the same time if she's a virgin. Right. No one's asking Christina Aguilera or Mandy well, they Moore. All, well, people knew Christina Aguilera was <laughs> Yeah, she talked about it. <laughs> she like, was like, mm, my next album's mm, gonna be called Dirty. I am not a virgin. <laughs> 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 who I love also yeah that, um so I was gonna ask I think other in other eras I will ask like who if anyone was she dating during this era but I think that she she probably wasn't right like I don't think she was yeah, I think because she was a virgin I she hasn't <laughs> met boy yet um I could guess that her and Justin started dating during this era because they were on tour together oh, um in sync yeah, so I imagine that's when they started, but like, who knows? They didn't come out as a public couple until the next era. I can't wait to talk about the denim outfits they wore. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so iconic. Um, um, what do you, well, so I have two questions here because I okay. think they're very different questions. What, what do you feel is the best song from this era versus your favorite song from this era? Because I think those are two very different things. They're very different. Um, which I actually really appreciate the distinction because um, I think there's like the most impactful song 
And then there's the song that I love that will usually not be a single. Um, and yeah, I, I often love her songs that will never be a single or even songs that never made it onto an album. You can find these like deep cuts of songs that she recorded that, that never went anywhere yeah. and they're incredible. Um, so I think my favorite song would be Baby One More Time. This is probably like the only time that my favorite song would be one of the singles. And I, I would pick it because, you know, I still love it. It's still good. It reminds me of that time when I was 16 hearing that song. And it just like the, the first sound, the ba-da-da, like yeah. it just like slaps you in the face. It's like, it, it's not subtle. It's like, this is going to be something that's going to be ridiculous and loud and in your face. And you either are going to love it or you're going to hate it. It's so one or the interesting other. Interesting you bring that sound up that, 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 that starts that song, because I feel like when Cra- Crazy came out, mm-hmm. it felt like that song started with almost what was like the sequel sound. Totally. To that, because that yeah. one, isn't that one like, um, da-na-na-na-na-na? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Kind of like video game sounds a little bit. Right? Um, yeah, it totally is very similar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, I just think Baby Born Time is such a, it's such a like, it's a classic pop song. Like, it is so well-written. It is so catchy. You cannot get out of your head. Like, whether you hate it or not, it, it leaves an, an impression on you. And um it just launched her career. I, I think that song set the tone for so much of her career ahead of it. Like there's always this element of like, you know, strong dancey beats that are going to be super catchy and really fun. Yeah. So that, that, that'd be, I think um, the best song from that era. There's a lot of other ones though that are so good, but I think my favorite um, is this song called deep in my heart. And it's just very like, it's super poppy. It's very upbeat. It's very positive. So and that's on the that's on her first that's, album. That's on her first album. It actually, I don't think it originally was. Uh, it wasn't on the like CD I owned in high school. Oh. But, like you go to Spotify, it's on it. Um, so I don't know when that happened, and it, that does happen to other albums of hers. Where like you download the album now, there's always songs that weren't there before, and now they're saying they're on the album. They're actually doing yeah. it right now to glory, and it drives me totally crazy which huh. is we'll talk about later but like yeah okay, they tried okay. To be don't like, kill me is glory the name of one of her other albums yeah it's okay. her most recent one <laughs> okay i have no idea <laughs> that's fine it's her most recent um uh so yeah deep in my heart it's i think what i what i first was drawn to britney for was because she was so positive like super positive super lighthearted, like fun not trying too hard. Like even the sad songs are still kind of positive. Um, and I think that was always what was funny is like people were so against that vibe. Like that's so cheesy, which like- I feel cheesy. it's such a positive, for me, such a positive quality now. Like, like it is. Cheesy, and, cheesy isn't a word I like because no. like, because I think like people today in art and music and <clears throat> writing and so much of like, the, the creative pursuits the the tendency is to go like sarcastic and like yeah, fun of stuff totally. and like sincerity and genuine like emotion and connection yeah me, like Guillermo del Toro had this quote where he was like that's the new punk rock because that's where artists are afraid to go totally and like I, I value so much of that and like that's another reason that I think I like someone like Britney now is 100% like, this positivity and this I think it's it's so easy to go sarcastic and to go negative. It's so safe. It's so easy. And when if when you like own being an optimist, you're so putting yourself out there to be shut down, thrown down, um, like yeah. be told to shut up. Like people, it, it irritates people when you're positive. And because I think they people see positivity as kindness and they see yeah. kindness as weakness. Totally. But it's and, like like someone who's someone who's not offended because someone said something about them, there's a lot of power in being like well, I'm not offended because they don't really know me well enough to right. say that about me. So whatever, right. that's just their, you know, that's their opinion. Yeah. I think like <laughs> what, yeah, what drew me to Brittany initially was like, this is just fun. Like what's wrong with that? What is wrong with just having something that's totally. for the sake of fun? And I also was listening to, you know, Garbage and Lennis Morissette and like yeah. more grungy music that was equally incredible and impactful on my life. But at the same time, I liked taking a break and I still love Britney because of that and her music because of that. Cause it is an actual break. And I don't, I'm not someone who likes to dwell and 
listen to super depressing music all the time. Like yeah, you need there's to a time and a place. Yeah. And at that time, you know, I am in high school, I am super insecure. And it was, it, it was equally, I was obsessed with Spice Girls for the same reason. Like, yeah. this is just fun and, and this feels good. So I'm going to go towards that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that is something that was also part of her idea that people had about her is like, she's too positive. She's too cheesy. When like, instead of cheesy, can we say campy? Like, yeah, campy's fun. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's for the sake of being ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I think I that's mean, like you and I both love horror movies, but you can't watch that 24 seven. No. And even like the horror movies I love, like I don't watch ones that are like super depressing. Like they're, there's still like a level of like of campiness to fun it. or campiness or like, Oh my gosh, Michael, ridiculous. you have to see freaky. Have you seen freaky? No, I haven't yet. I okay. do want to see that. There's one thing about it that I don't like, but the rest of it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to watch freaky. Cause I'll watch it. it's the perfect balance of like, and is like a yeah. young, young blonde in it. Who's yeah. got to like, you know, come into her own yeah. or whatever but it's, it's a lot of fun. I think there's like a level of escapism with a lot of these things we're talking about. Like, totally. and that, that's just, that's, that's a survival skill, you know, that we all need in our own way. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, deep in my heart has that, like, it is quintessential positivity, upbeat, fun. Uh, you can't not smile when you hear it. And then I have an honorable, honorable mention, which Ooh. I'll probably have a lot of. Um, cool. I love that. The other one is uh, called Autumn Goodbye, and it's also very um, campy and lighthearted and sweet, but it's all about falling in love in the summer and having this like summer fling. And then when the autumn comes, you have to say goodbye. And, but it's like with this upbeat, fun. Uh, I think like, we just found, tone. I think we just found your new drag name. What? Autumn, autumn Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the oh stage. Autumn, goodbye. That's, there would be a handful of gays that would totally know that reference. Um, <laughs> that's who. That's who your audience is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> I love that. Well, what yeah, do you think do. is the most memorable thing that she did during this era? Oh God, the most. And that could be like an interview, or like you said, the Rolling Stone cover. It doesn't have to be like a video or whatever. I mean, I think just debuting herself. I yeah, think that's a good like, answer. Coming out with her first real album. Um, showing the world such, that she existed <laughs> this was her introduction and that is such a huge accomplishment for someone that age and to do it so flawlessly and to do it where it's you know breaking records all around um in a world where there were so many pop stars coming out there were so many uh white women coming out as single artists and yeah. she just kind of rose above all of them and then it kind of turned into this like everyone trying to do what she's doing because it was there was something about it that was working so people my god were, could you imagine like britney headlining lilith fair my god <laughs> that would have been amazing that would have been amazing that would have been amazing yeah <laughs> for those of you who are younger than us lilith fair oh my god <laughs> was a lady music festival look it up I, my friends went to lilith fair uh and i was so jealous because it was all the artists that i loved <laughs> I know. I was I, like oh my gosh i would have died i was like lisa Lowe, paula <sighs> cole i would have oh my god um, Sarah, yeah, um, Sarah McLaughlin. Um, My husband see, saw Tori Amos in concert like five million times. Uh, like amazing, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> I think maybe we should also, um, as we wrap this episode up, let people know where our name comes from. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we I, probably should. So if you aren't aware, there was a really funny skit on RuPaul's Drag Race where they had to sort of do this like evangelical television. Um, skit to entice people to like come to the gospel of Britney. <laughs> as if, yeah. As we if can we, we can link yeah as if we needed. Um, we can link to it if we you know if we want to whatever. But it's Miss Miss Vanjie Miss Vanessa Vanjie Mateo who is sort of she has this quote where she's like thanking you know Jesus and thanking whatever. But since in this world Jesus is Britney, she says thank you Britney, and it's like the best quote. It's really funny. Yeah, we can um, play it for you. I'll put it in the thing right let's now. Let's do it. Um, so I don't know if you want to mention, what do you, is there anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover yet? No, that actually is all the things I had. Um, so what do you think if you, if you want to say, or if you want to keep it secret, but do you want to mention what the next episode's era 
might be or we might cover like the years it is it is only the year 2000 um awesome so this is good for me too though because then i can sort of like look up 2000 and be like totally. this is what i remember this is what you know it is just the year 2000 um because there's there, this is we're, we're really getting into this like hyper uh britney awareness of the world and her career it just like it's this exponential uh, growth that is out of control. So yeah. things happen in such a short amount of time in this in era. And I mean, yeah, it like the, the, like 2000 to 2004 is like, that could be its own podcast alone. So I I'm doing the wow. year 2000 by itself and that'll be awesome. the next episode. That sounds good. I also well, want to say the, the songs that I'm talking about are going to be on a Spotify playlist. Uh, wonderful. That is also called thank you, Brittany. So oh my gosh. This is that will be available and linked in the episode as well. Wonderful. And you'll see future songs on there too. Heck yeah. <clears throat> All righty. Well, I want to make sure we link to her mall tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with that, I think we can wrap up this, this episode, this, um, what did we call it? Baby Brittany? Era Baby, Baby Brittany. Brittany. Era Baby um, Brittany. And um, we talked about a lot of stuff. So if you want to uh, check some of it out, I would look at our links and the things that we're going to post. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's our first episode. This was so much fun. I can't wait to do this as we're I still know. in still in COVID Quarantine. world. Okay, yeah. I will say that doing this podcast because we're doing it over Zoom uh, because everybody's in like crazy lockdown quarantine right now. And like I have been dealing with, I'm usually pretty good with it, but like I've been dealing with some slight depression. And literally the other day, I was I was excited about the idea that we were going to record this and that we would get to kind of see each other face to face in a, even in a virtual way yeah. and, and like, excuse the pun, but that day, literally I was like, my loneliness <laughs> is killing me. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. I think that's perfect to end. All righty. Thank you. And join us again on our next episode. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find us on Instagram at Thank You Brittany for even more Brittany content and Spotify for our Thank You Brittany playlist. The links are provided in the episode description. Theme song is Heartbreaker by the Gang, and we'll see you next time. It's Brittany, bitch. Yeah.